Oh, but man, I just want to tell you guys, just, I don't know about you sitting in your room listening to that song, but even for me, I've uh, been listening listen to that song this week and then sitting with it right then. Um, hallelujah, our God reigns. Now, there's a lot of reasons why that is such good news, but one of the reasons it's such good news for me is because the fact that God reigns, that means he's like a king. And when he's reigning, that means his will is actually being done. And his will is good and pleasing and perfect. It's why Jesus taught us to pray again, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, where it's just beautiful. And I know for me, one of the things the last few years, it's helped me the most to to long for God's way to be done in my life is when I just look at the physical creation. And, uh, and, And by the way, are you not glad that since we have to do this isolation, um, this quarantine, that we actually get to do it in this type of weather. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine if we were having to go into this season in the middle of winter. And being out yesterday um, in the glory of this creation of his, I, I just, everything about his creation, you guys, it's, it's life-giving. It's, it's beautiful. It produces it's symbiotic with itself. It, it all works together and it's incredibly pleasing. And that's God's will being done. And we get to see that. And uh, so I took my kids out yesterday and we hopped on our bikes and we, we went down the Jordan Parkway Trail and, and, um, and we went by a golf course and guys were actually out there golfing. Okay, okay, you're teasing me. I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> Because I can't wait. If that's true, I can't wait to get out and start to enjoy that. But I, can I just say, because I'm not very good, by the way, at golfing, but there is something glorious about a great golf shot. I mean, you aim at that flag and you hit it and it's heading out. It is glorious, great shot. It's just incredible. And, and, and when you have everything that you need to be able to do a great shot, when you practice and when you have the right clubs and all of that, it, is, it just brings you absolute joy. Well, guys, here's what I want to tell you. Imagine, like I imagine that golf shot when I get out here, if I can soon. But here's what I want you to imagine with me today. Imagine that your life just your own personal life, that you were everything that you were created to be, that you were fully matured, that you were absolutely complete. Like I'm such an amateur golfer, but man, these great golfers, these guys who've reached the top level, the experience they have in golf versus what I have is really different. Imagine if your life wasn't just immature and kind of whacking the ball around, but instead was mature and complete. Imagine lacking nothing that you need for every situation in your life. Imagine having everything that you need and never lacking. Imagine that you get to a place where you live in such a way, in such union with God, in his kingdom where his ways are being done and 
Again, his ways are so good. Imagine that you're so in line with him, so in sync with him, that you're actually starting to look like him. And then the things that you do are producing beautiful, glorious things around you. Imagine that. Imagine having peace that can't be taken away from you. Imagine having a hope that never disappoints you. Well, here's what I want to tell you. That is God's vision for your life. God has a purpose for our life. And it goes all the way back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, when he said, let us make mankind in our image. Let's make him like us. See, guys, we were supposed to be in this relationship with God, walking in the Garden of Eden in paradise in this beautiful union with him. And then that union got lost (laughs) and it got separated. And the image of mankind actually looking like God, well, obviously that doesn't happen very often. But through Jesus Christ, God has reconciled us to himself. And God has a purpose and it's a good one. And he wants our lives to be in union with him and helping us, transforming us into the image of Jesus. So here's the thing we can know about life and about God's purpose. In everything that happens to us, God is looking to make us more like Jesus. And I want to tell you, that would be great joy. That would be great joy if I was being everything that God created me to be. If I wasn't lacking any spiritual resource, if I had everything I needed to handle every situation, if I was making decisions, walking in the spirit, as the Bible tells us, following Jesus, following his way, and creating goodness wherever I went, having peace and hope. Come on, man. You have joy. So I think most of us would say, sign me up. I, I, I want to live like that. I want to have great golf swings. You know, I want to live a full and glorious life. You know, I, 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 if, I see these all the time. I see them on Facebook everywhere. You see these ads. You have those great before and after pictures of people who've really uh, lost weight and they look fantastic. And I can see many people going, yes, yeah, sign me up, man. I want to look like that. But then once you sign up, you realize oh, seriously, I have to eat this stuff? Are you, oh, seriously, I I have to exercise that much? Wait a second. (laughs) I want that, but I don't want to have to do what it takes to get that. I don't want to suffer instead of eating whatever I feel like. I don't want to have to suffer and exercise through that pain. Can't, Can't I just have that? And come on, we all know, no, you can't. So what's interesting is the Bible helps us to understand that this glorious life that God has for us. In fact, everything that I, I, I listed off is actually straight from Scripture. Mature, complete, lacking nothing. A harvest of righteousness, which means a harvest of things being the way they were meant to be. A harvest, bountiful peace, a hope that never disappoints you. All of those are the picture 
of what the Bible says our lives can be like, incredibly glorious. There is a way to that life. But what's interesting is in each explanation of how you get there, that's the result, it starts with these words. Suffering, hardship, and trials. So, Sometimes I, you know, I'm like, man, God, thanks. I want this life. And then you go, okay, but there's suffering and hardship and trials that eventually produce this type of life. And so what do we do with that? Well, I'm going to teach you God's word that I have meditated on deeply this week, but I actually, in truth, meditated on deeply for a long, many, many, many years. 20 to 30 years. Here it is. James chapter one, two through four says this. Well, here, consider it all pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Come on, man. I just got to tell you, the first time I read that verse, I'm like, seriously? 25 years later, I read that verse, and I still kind of go, whew. Consider it all joy, you guys, when you face trials of many kinds. Because why? We need to choose joy now for the glory later. Choose joy now for the glory later. Here's my main point that I want to help you understand today. I got three of them, but there's one main one. And that is there's joy in growth. Eventually at the end, I'll get to the fact that there's joy in finishing and there's joy in the results. But I want to help us understand this passage right here. And here's here's some other ones if you want to look them up. Romans chapter five, starting with verse five, you can look up that. Hebrews chapter uh, uh, 12 is another amazing passage that teaches us this. And I'm going to also pull out some scriptures from 1 Peter chapter 1. But let's talk about this one. The fact that there's joy in growth. James 1 again. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Okay? Let me pull some of this apart for us. When there are trials in your life. And, and, and by the way, <laughs> this was a, a very interesting week to prepare for this message because I was surrounded personally and by many people who were going through many trials. And it was so weird because I'm, 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 I'm walking with these people and, and, and then I'm just thinking, what do I do? Just tell you, just consider it joy. But what do you do when the trials come, when the hardships come, when the suffering comes, because they do. What this scripture says is you're supposed to think. You're supposed to actually exercise your mind. The first thing you do is you have to exercise your mind. He says, consider it all joy. You guys, that's not a feeling. And this is great news. The Bible is not saying, hey, when hardship comes and suffering comes, just feel really joyful. No, it says, consider it joy. In fact, 
Jesus Christ. It said when in, in, it says for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And th- this is really important. The fact is, if you're if you're in trials, the fact is you are going to feel grief. You are going to feel sorrow. You're going to feel disappointment. You're going to feel pain. Those emotions are going to come. They're real. In fact, in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, it says this, in all this, you greatly rejoice, talking about all the great things that God has done. He saved us. He's reconciled us. We're assured of heaven. He says, you greatly rejoice in that. Now listen, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer suffer grief in all kinds of trials. He's, see, see, this is why I love the scripture. When hardship comes, when these trials come, you actually will suffer grief. There will be sorrow. Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, is where Paul, uh, the writer Paul, is, is telling everybody about these incredible hardships that he went through. But in the middle of them, this is so important, he says, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. So God, when the trials come, I just want to say this is super important because I do not want to, I just know for me, when I'm suffering the trial, it's hard. And I'm glad that we have a God who says, when it's painful and when it's sorrowful and when it's difficult, I comfort you. He is with us and he is the God of all comfort. But somehow in this passage, it says, in the emotion, in the emotion of grief, you can consider it joy. You can choose joy. And I think it's because of the glory that comes later. The reason you consider it joy, right from the passage, it says it's because you know it's producing something good. Now, again, it says, consider this. Why? These trials are hard. I know, but think. And what are you supposed to think? I know. The reason I can do this is because I know it's producing something good. And here's, here's the other interesting thing. That's not a feeling either. <laughs> Knowing isn't a feeling. Knowing's deeper than that. Feelings are going to come and go. But this knowledge, this faith, this considering is what we're supposed to do when we're in the midst of the trials. And he says, and think, consider it joy. Now, here's the question that hit me as I'm going through this. how, How can I know this? How can I know that these trials, these tests are going to produce something good? How can I know that there's glory later so that I can consider it joy now? Well, there's two things. You can know who God is. We got to know who he is. Our God does not change. And over and over, the scripture is so clear. He is love. He is love. He is good. He cannot do anything that isn't good. He is righteous 
everything he does is right. He cannot do anything wrong. See, these are the things that we can know about God. And then the other thing we can know about God is when you are, when you have received Christ, when you have put your faith in him, he says, now I'm in you. God is literally in, excuse me, inside of me. What does that mean? That means that he is always with me. There's no social distancing with God. (laughs) He's never not with you. This loving, good, righteous, faithful God. That's what you can know. How can I consider this joy? Well, because God, who's loving, good, faithful, and righteous, is in me. He's in me. And then we have that great scripture we've used so much during this time. And we know, again, that he works in all things together for the good. See, so when the trial comes, we have to consider. We have to think. We have to get past the emotion and the fear and the anxiety. And then we consider, we set our mind on who he is. And we can know who God is. We can know where he is and we can know what he's doing. He's always working for the good. And then it says that we can actually know that the testing of our faith produces perseverance. Okay? So how can we know that? Here's what the word produce actually means. This is fantastic. It means to work out. (laughs) That's what it means. It means it's producing, it's working this out. It's to do that from which something results. So every time our faith is being tested by these trials, it's actually working out. And all of us, or at least most of us, at some point or another, right, have experienced exercise. (laughs) And when you've experienced exercise, here's what you know. You are going to suffer grief for a little while especially when you start off. But you also know this. You know that if you exercise, if you run, if you lift, if you put yourself through that suffering for a little while, here's what you know. It will produce results. And you know that. And there's joy when you get to see that growth. So, What is the testing of your faith producing? The scripture says it's producing in us perseverance. Perseverance. What is that? It's an active steadfastness. It's a staying power. It's a constancy. It's a determination. You do not quit. You hang on, you hold on, you endure. And somehow when the trials come and they test our faith, that testing produces, it works out in us. And I'm not moving. I'm not moving. You know, again, when you're exercising, every time you start doing this, did did you guys notice I said every time you start because that's kind of my pattern? (laughs) Like I, too many times have I started and I get into it and then I get off and then I have to start over again. And here's, here's the most frustrating thing. 
every time I have to start exercising again. I can't lift very much, and I can't run very far, and it's really, really hard. But here's the other thing that's crazy. If I just continue, if I'm faithful to stick with it, next thing you know, I go in, and that first weight that I couldn't even lift up, now I can. And now I can either lift more reps than I used to, or I can actually increase the weight. And, and if, as, I, as I persevere, as I continue doing this, it's crazy. The next thing you know, I'm able to do stuff I couldn't even think about doing when I started. You know, you start running and you go, oh my gosh, I just need to take a break. And two, three weeks later, you're just, you're just going. So again, we experience that. The suffering for a little while produced perseverance. That's what it does. So let's bring this into our lives. Let's bring this into our faith. How does that physical demonstration work itself out? How does the trials, the testing, the hardship test our faith so that it can persevere and we can actually choose joy because of glory later? Before I get into the application of how we do that, I actually want to just show you a story um, that I ran into just this last week. And um, it's Jason and Rachel Wilford, who many of you know, Rachel's on staff with us. But I want them to share with you a little bit of what they're experiencing right now that I think matches this passage perfectly. Good morning, K2. We're the Wilfords. Uh, my name's Jason, and this is my wife, Rachel. And like all of you, we're stuck at home together this morning. Yeah, we've got, you know, all the things going on. Here we are with the coronavirus, uh, earthquakes here in Utah, just a lot of obvious craziness that we're all facing. So, you know, we're here in the middle of it all with you, um, but also in the midst of it, our home has been hit with uh, something that has just really been shaking us. Um, our 12-year-old daughter is uh, Lola, who some of you m- might know. Um, she has a rare medical condition and has for years and years been stable, which has been awesome. You know, we've had some ups and downs, of course, but she's been stable for the, the majority. And then all of a sudden, a couple of months ago, uh, we hit some sort of a, a bump in the road and her health declined rapidly. And so we have been spending this whole quarantine time uh, dealing with the quarantine and all that stuff, but also dealing with this medical condition of, of trying to figure out the treatment plan that is going to work for her um, as we really, you know, try to, to care for her life and try to, to figure out how we can uh, help her get healthy again. Yeah, uh, crazy times, um, rocky times. Uh, I ran into Dave a couple of days ago, and he asked how we were doing. And I said, you know, we're doing great. We're doing really good. And not the kind of... I, we're doing great that you say when you're not, you know, when somebody asks, it's an automatic response. But honestly, I was just able to say, honestly, we're doing really good. Well, and it's, you know, surprising how good we are with all that we're going on. And so that caused us to take a second and reflect back on uh, the years that we've been together. We've been together almost 17 years. And so that is a lot of ups and downs. That's, 
you know, a lot of time for, for good and for struggles. And so it was a chance for us to, to sit back and say, like, what, what happened there? How did we, you know, what was going on? And, and it became really apparent that obviously, like anyone who's been through struggles, you get through them because you hold on, you hold on tight and you don't give up and letting go is not an option. And so, you know, persevered, we persevered through the really, the really hard stuff. Yeah. We started talking about it and looking back, um, at, all the hard stuff that we've been through together and separately. Um, God's used those times in each of us um, to strengthen us, um, to give us the skills and tools we need for the next one and to build our character for the next thing that's coming. So each, um, each trial that I've been through, I feel like I've been prepared for this from the previous one. Well, and, and a big piece of that is the the faith that we found, you know, 10 years ago um, has been what we are relying on right now. Um, it's basically what is getting us through. And we know that what's the really cool thing is now being able to look at what our faith was like before and what it's like now is the difference is how strong it feels like it is. Um, how we're able to to use it and rely on it and and hold firm and strong to it, how it feels like it's matured mm-hmm. even over the last year or two um, from what you know from what it was a year or two ago. Um, but it's it's really what we are relying on right now. And of course, that's not it's, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's all easy. Um, I think what we're saying is that, of course, just like many of you, we're going through times where there is a, a, a valid fear that exists. Um, it's real and we're going through really hard stuff. So it's it's good to acknowledge that and not dismiss it. Um, but also our, our faithfulness, like as an understanding that, that God truly is over everything that we're going through. And we've been working... Uh, we've really been focusing on looking at God as the light and God as what's going on, as opposed to um, looking at the circumstances and having our faith be in the outcome of any of those circumstances. Yeah. So being at a place where typically uh, we would, we would be, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? You know, what do we do? What do we do? We're able to now say this is in God's hands, this is his day, he's got us, and and we can have faith in that. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think for us right now, and we're, we're hoping we can share that to, to remember that um, the hard time that you're going through is something that's going to prepare you for the future, is going to prepare you because there are going to be more hard times, and what this preparation is doing is helping you build that faith and that strength um, so that you do have that continued hope and that continued joy in in Jesus. Yeah. So have a great Sunday, everybody. Man, I know Jason and Rachel so well, and it's been <clears throat> a joy to be on this journey with them. See, they're, they've learned to choose joy, to consider it joy because they know there's glory later. But here's the other thing I've seen in their lives. I've seen it in mine. I've seen it in anybody who's actually persevered with God. We've got to remember this. What's God's purpose? 
God's purpose is for us to be in union with him so that we actually begin to look like Jesus. God wants us to be completely free like Jesus. He wants us to be able to be at peace in all things like Jesus. He wants us to live a life that's glorious. And that's like Jesus. So what do we do? Let me just give you real quick. What do we do when the trials come? Um, I think we need to look inside instead of outside. Because when the trials come outside of us, the, the, the world and all of its struggles, it, they like demand our focus. They just, they rise up and we just, we just cling to them. We, isn't that what you, I don't know if you were like me. What were you doing when this thing first started? I mean, you're checking the news constantly. You're, you're, our focus got into this. We got to figure out what we're doing with all of this. But instead of looking outside, what God is telling us, you guys, is look inside first. Look here. Consider what I'm doing. And here's what you can know. I love you. I'm in you. And I'm always working for you to be able to be like Jesus. I was studying this, uh, this week and one guy said this, instead of looking outward and worrying, we need to look inward and wonder. I wonder how God is making me more like Jesus because that's what he is doing all the time. So again, remember what it said too? Trials of many kinds. There are so many different ones. The fruit of the spirit, right? The the love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all that fruit, that fruit is actually sown in the soil of difficult situations. So if God actually wants to produce in you patience, what happens? He usually will send you an annoying person. (laughs) And what's crazy is that annoying person will come and you will have no patience with them. And what did he just do? Well, he just tested your faith. Just okay. Just wanted to see what was in there. Because that's all a test does, you guys. Every time you take a test, it just reveals what's actually in there. And so, or maybe it's somebody who hurts you. And God's actually trying to create a kindness in you. So you get hurt, but you, you come back and not, you don't have kindness. So God just goes, okay, we'll just, just keep trying. I'm just going to bring that in until you, when the hurt comes, when the annoyance comes, what's he saying to do? Don't look out. Don't look at them. Come in here. Look inside to me. Why? <coughs> Excuse me. Why? Because Jesus is kind. Because Jesus is patient. Because Jesus is peace. That's the other thing I've seen right now. Another trial that many people are going through is they lost incredible opportunities. Amazing things that were supposed to be happening for me in this time, and now they're gone. And so instead of looking outward at that pain, what do you do? You look inward and you go, God, how are you? I wonder how you're making me more like Jesus. How I can know that you're sovereign, that you care, that you're in me, and that you're working for me. You guys, there is great joy in growth when we're becoming 
more like Christ. And God uses these tests, these trials, these hardships to help us find out, wow, I know for me there have been so many times where I've gone through something really hard, and I think I really trust him, and then I go through something hard, and all of a sudden the test revealed, wow, actually I don't trust him. And now it's a new area for me to be able to go. And what do you do with that? Okay, you go to God, and you say, God, and you get honest with him, and you say, I'm so sorry, I don't trust you. I don't believe, I don't have the faith. And then when you're honest with God, he meets you with his grace. And he develops perseverance within you. So just real quick as we close, there's joy in the producing, in the growing, and in the becoming. But you guys, there's also great joy in finishing. There's joy in finishing. James 1 chapter 4 says, let perseverance finish its work. Just two real quick examples of that. Kind of back with the golf thing. My normal golf swing, you guys, forever, for years, every time I would swing, I'd be aiming right at the flag, but it would just go off all the time. Do you know how frustrating that is? To be able to say, I know what I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to aim at the pin. And yet over and over and over again, I'm ending up in the rough or in the lake or in the woods and I've lost my ball and it's so frustrating. And I feel like sometimes that's how we feel with our life. But then I went to a coach and here's what this coach did, he made me do. I had to stand there with a club like this and for a half hour, he made me do this motion. I'll show you like this. Do this motion cock my wrist, put it up here, come back with my elbow next to my body, put the club here, and then flick my wrist. And he made me do it over and over and over again for a half hour. And I, I tell you, it was, it was tiring, it was frustrating, it was stupid in my opinion. And then after a half hour, he said, okay, Dave, now go ahead and take a swing. And I remember I went back and I swung And the ball, for the first time in my life, went straight down the fairway. See, guys, you need to consider, you need to let perseverance finish its work. I just persevered, and I persevered, and I persevered, and then all of a sudden, you know what happened? I could do it. Susie bought me a guitar right after we got married, and I practiced, and I practiced, and I just wasn't very good at it, and... um, And people would tell me, it's like, hey, if you just keep going, eventually it'll just click and you'll get it and you'll be able to play. You know what happened? I didn't persevere (laughs) and I quit. And you know what happened? I still can't play the guitar. (laughs) There's joy in finishing. And how do you finish? You consider it joy. You choose joy. You know, I have a God who loves me, who's in me, who's with me, and who's producing life in me. And then you get to the end and there's great joy in the results. He goes, you guys, if we'll consider it, think it, choose joy, there's glory later. You may be mature and complete not lacking anything. You'll have a mature faith. You'll believe God 
is in you. You'll have his peace, the peace of God, to handle any trial. You'll have his strength. You'll have his joy. Because your faith has connected you and brought you into union with Jesus. And Jesus is all those things for you. Let me read this one last verse and then we'll go to our worship. 1 Peter 1, 7 through 9 says this. These trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith. You see what that is? Your faith has proved itself to be genuine. It's finished. There's a result. And then it says, your faith is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though it's refined by fire. And this is so that it may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. That's saying, you guys, at the end times, that Jesus, that God, is actually going to go, way to go. You did it. You finished the race. You lived the life I created you to live. You considered it joy, you endured, you persevered, and just like Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured, you did the same thing. And then we get to those final days. Can you imagine? Oh, how sweet it will be to have God say, way to go. And then we'll just go, but the only reason I did it, the only reason I could do it, is because you, Jesus, strengthened me. You gave me your peace. You gave me your patience. You gave me your love. You guys, it's all about being in union with him. And our faith is what keeps us in union with him. So God just gives us tests to help us to see where it is we're struggling to believe. Where we're putting our faith in other stuff instead of him. So that we can confess that and turn back to him. We can confess, God, you're right. I've been looking out here. I'm not want to look out in the side anymore. I'm going to look in here to who you are. And I'm going to consider even this joy. Because I know that you are faithful to love me, to be with me, and to produce in me a perseverance. So I can become everything that you created me to be. Tis the season, you guys. You suffer for a little while. It's a season. And in this season, there may be tests and trials, but God's in them and he's with you. Consider it joy because there's glory on the other side. Let's soak in that reality with this song and worship him.